This sermon is brought to you by Shofar Christian Church. We hope that you will be blessed by this message. Our audio and video sermons are also available on Shofar TV to download and share. Good morning, everybody. It's, it's going to take me a little bit of time just to get used to preaching to cars. <laughs> CS has had a, a few weeks to kind of get used to it, but it's such a privilege to to share the word this morning, and I'm, I don't know about you, but I'm just so aware of the presence of God here. I'm so thankful for His presence that is here amongst us, and um, I think it's easy for us to think we're just here, and we're sitting in our cars, and we're singing some songs, and you're hearing some people speak over a microphone, but what we're doing here is so much more significant than what we just see in the tangible and in the physical. I really believe the kingdom of God is coming this morning, just by us gathering together like this, so I want to bless you. I want to thank you for coming to, to Drive-In Church. And uh, I actually want to give a special shout-out to, you can give me a hoot if you're in a car with a toddler. Any, okay. They are. So now, everybody else, just say and agree with me, the Lord be with you. <laughs> because uh, uh, it, it gets interesting. So uh, we won't be preaching for too long. We, we won't continue for too long. It gets a bit warm. Uh, we normally put our back seats down and then the kids kind of go crazy in the back. Um, but it's just such a privilege to, to gather together. I'm just going to pray for us uh, and then I'm going to share this morning. Father, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your word. Your word changes us. We thank you for your spirit that unveils us to see again. And we pray, God, for an unveiling this morning. The ability, the grace to see. To see you for who you are high and lifted up. There's none like you. Nothing more valuable or more precious than your presence in our lives. We count everything else as worthless compared to knowing you, Jesus. Come have your way amongst us. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. So, as Pastor C.S. mentioned, uh, we've been, he's been sharing on the Burning Your Bridges series, and last week spoke about serving and our serving is just part of our worship. Uh, it's part of our, our love language to God. If you think of any relationship, whether you say I love you to a friend or whether you say I love you to your wife or to your husband, it's one thing to say that. Uh, it is another thing to, to show it. And the, the way we show it is by, by serving. That's the, the example that Christ gave us by laying down his life for us. He defined love by serving us, which is just blows our minds that the God of the universe would serve us. And uh, I want to start this morning by, by asking a bit of a challenging question. It's a question that I felt God asking me and challenged me, which is, how has your worship changed in the last few months? How has COVID-19 and everything that came with it, you know, a tanking economy and lots of debates about what the government's response should or shouldn't be and... Uh, the fact that we've been isolated, we've been in lockdown, we haven't been able to meet like we normally do, the fact that we haven't been able to do church like we normally do, how has that changed the way that you and I worship? I'll give you a, a second to think about that. When I felt God asking me that, I must be honest that my response is that in many ways my worship was silenced over the last few months. In many in many occasions, I found myself more overwhelmed and more aware of 
everything going on than, than being aware of God and of who He is and what He has done in my life. And I, the thing that is God's desire for us is that no matter what season we find ourselves in, no matter what circumstances, no matter the situation, His desire for us is to be able to see Him, to be more aware of Him than the stuff that is going on around us. For us to behold Him. And when we behold Him, when we see Him, then we can worship. Because worship is just the spontaneous response to seeing God. If you look at anybody who worships in, in Scripture, when they, when they have an encounter with God, when they meet God, when they see God, whether He is a vision in front of them or whether it's just you know an, an awareness of His presence, the response is worship. So that's why God's desire for us, as difficult as this is, in the midst of our trials, in the midst of all the chaos that we've been experiencing, He desires for us to see Him. He desires for us to be aware of Him so that we can respond in worship. Because our worship is always tied to faith. Our worship, our ability to worship God is tied to our ability to see Him with the eyes of faith. I think... All of us know Hebrews 11 verse 6 where it says, Without faith it's impossible to please God. Because when we come to Him, what must we do? We must believe. When we come to God, we must believe. We must believe that He is, that He exists. And we must believe in His character as well. The fact that He's a Father, that He's a rewarder of those who seek Him. But at the same time, as I said I'm so aware of the, the wrestling inside of me between fear and faith, between belief and unbelief. And uh, this morning I want to share just very briefly around a, a song that I wrote uh, that came out on Friday, and it's, it's called I Believe. Um, and it, it started in March, actually. So just before lockdown, my wife and my two girls, we've got a one-year-old and a, and a four-year-old, we went up to a wedding uh, in the Eastern Cape, and a couple of days after the wedding, um, it was actually the night that the president announced we're going to go into lockdown, so we're kind of making plans, we need to get back to Stellenbosch, uh, and then that same night we heard uh, from the bride and the groom that somebody at the wedding tested positive for COVID, uh, and ironically enough, it was the one stranger that we met at the wedding, and we had like long conversations with her, and she was playing with our kids and all of this. Uh, and this is back in the beginning where, every, where COVID was so unknown and it's this big, scary thing. And so we were just, like, what do we do? Uh, so we rushed back to Stellenbosch like within a day from uh, Hogsback area, uh, which was interesting with a one-year-old and a four-year-old, as I said. And, uh, but now we live in a community house. So we stay with uh, Jason, who was leading worship, and we also stay with another family, Marcus and Celeste. So we couldn't exactly go home if there was a chance that we've been exposed um, and then very good friends of ours, Jan and Isa, they're also here in church. They offered us uh, their Airbnb, which is in town. It's a kind of a block of flats, third story. So we were there for about a week uh, with our kids. Um, anybody remember those days when you, you couldn't even like pretty much go out your front door? Uh, I think we must have driven the neighbors crazy because we were literally doing that aerobics with Joe. Anybody do, do, do any of those in the, in the lockdown? just to try and kind of get rid of some, some energy because we couldn't, you know, go for walks and things. And in that very confined space, it was basically a, a room and a bathroom and a kitchen. Um, I felt God challenging me to write a song. And so in that confined space, I did what any good songwriter does. He locks himself in the bathroom. 
<laughs> and then uh, I started to write the song, and the song was, was really born out of a frustration with myself. And you'll see what that frustration is. I'm going to read the first verse. I said, how many times, how many times have I sung surrender? Raising my hands, raising my voice in the heat of worship, yet I stumble when this fear comes whispering. I say that I trust, I say that I trust, but I take precautions, locking my door, locking my heart for the fear of losing what I most love. So I'm on my knees again. How many times have I sung songs like, I surrender all. How many times have I sung surrender, and yet the moment that I feel control slipping out of my fingers, panic begins to, sit, begins to, to clutch at my heart. And so what I do is I, I kind of build these walls and I build these barriers. I put these measures in place, these precautions to protect, to try and get some form of control, you know, to, to, to keep the things that I love close to me. And I, I know that's not the way that God wants me to live. I know that's not his desire for me. But at the same time, I'm just being honest. And I, I think if you don't have to hoot now, <laughs> but I think many of us, I know I'm not the only one who struggles to let go of control. And um, as I was processing this with God, as I'm beginning to put this into a song, I felt God reminding me of the scripture in Mark chapter 9, and I, I'm going to read it for us. It's basically Jesus, um, he'd been up on the Mount of Transfiguration. He comes down and he joins with his other disciples, and there's a whole crowd there, and they're all arguing amongst themselves. And Jesus asked them, you know, why are you arguing amongst yourselves? And then from verse 17, and someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I brought my son to you, for he has a spirit that makes him mute. And whenever it seizes him, it throws him down, and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. So I asked your disciples to cast it out, and they were not able. This man in a very desperate situation, desperate to see his son healed. And Jesus answered, saying, O faithless generation, how long am I to be with you? How long am I to bear with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him. And when the Spirit saw him, immediately it convulsed the boy, and he fell on the ground. That song that we sang now with Jason, Jesus, Jesus, you make the darkness tremble. He fell on the ground, rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked his father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. It's often cast him into the fire, into water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And then Jesus gives him a bit of a rebuke. He says, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. And immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe. Help my unbelief. And then Jesus casts the spirit out and the boy is healed. But uh, I just love this father's response to Jesus. I believe. Help my unbelief. There's this, this beautiful tension that we see. And there's so, much, so often in scripture there's a tension between something like belief and unbelief. Between faith and fear. Where this, this father is saying, God, I bring you my faith. I believe that you can do this. But I also recognize that within me, there's unbelief. Help me to overcome. Some, some translations say, help me to, to overcome my unbelief. Because we, we need to be honest. Because we're not fooling God. <laughs> we're not fooling anybody when we, you know, try to just hype ourselves up or, or have faith in faith. 
as Pastor C.S. often says, we need to be honest. You know, the, when, you, when you ask somebody how it's, go- how it's going with them, and uh, you know that their life is falling apart, but then they use the hashtag blessed, then uh, we may be not being honest with ourselves. And God loves honesty from us. But honesty is not the place where we stop. We don't, it's not kind of a cul-de-sac. It's not the end of the story when we're honest. Because the answer is not for us to become lost in our unbelief. Because let's call unbelief what it is. What does Scripture call unbelief? It calls it sin. But we don't have a God who is unable to identify with our weakness. God knows our weaknesses. God knows our frailty. The amazing thing about God that I'm constantly, especially as being a father myself, I'm just so in awe of is the fact that He can know our weaknesses fully and yet love us fully. In Hebrews 4, thank you for that hoot. In Hebrews 4, we, from verse 15 to 16, it says, We don't have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. And then this beautiful promise, Let us then with confidence draw near to the, draw near to the throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in times of need. God knows our weaknesses, and He invites us to draw near to Him. And so as I'm spending time in the Scripture, I wrote this chorus. I believe, help my unbelief. I will see your goodness in the land of the living. I will trust your wisdom. I will trust your love. I believe, once again, I'm surrendering. The one thing about this kind of global crisis and everything that's going on is, uh, I think all of us are realizing just how little control we actually have. <laughs> and uh, when we realize that, when we realize how little control we have, there's two responses. Either we panic, which, as I've said before, is often my response. Or the more godly response is surrender. And um, there are so many ideas and opinions around why the last few months have happened, you know, lots of conspiracy theories and, and so on. And I don't pretend to know anything about any of that. But the one thing that I do know in, in my spirit that God said to me right in the beginning is that He's allowing a shaking to happen. He's allowing a shaking to happen because God is jealous for us. He's jealous for us personally, individually. He's jealous for us as His church, as His, as his body here on earth. And because He loves us, He is serious about removing the idols that we have in our hearts and in our lives. I want to say that again. Because God loves us, He is serious about exposing and removing the idols that we have in our hearts and in our lives. Because He Himself is our greatest good. He, knowing His presence being partakers in His glory, being, being a part of His story is the greatest gift that He can give us. And so He allows shaking to show us the other, the substitutes that we have for His presence, the substitutes that we have for Him who is our greatest good. So in the second verse of the song I wrote, everything, everywhere is being shaken. The idols we keep, the idols we serve, 
Every place we run to when our hearts faint and our backs are against the wall. You're calling us back. You're calling us into this great surrender. Denying our flesh, losing our lives to gain a kingdom that is endless with a king who rules over all. God is inviting us again to surrender, to say, Father, not my kingdom, your kingdom. Not my agenda, your agenda. Not my glory, your glory. And he's inviting us to surrender again and again and again and again. No matter how many times you've done it before. (laughs) If we pray this prayer of surrender this morning, are you going to have to surrender again later today? Most probably. Are you going to have to pray a prayer of surrender again tomorrow? I almost guarantee it. Because surrender is not only about these big moments, you know, when you responded to the altar call back in 1968 or whenever it was, or when you're faced with death or with ruin or even significant faith steps like today, the people who are going to be baptized. Those aren't the only big moments of surrender. Surrender is in the small everyday battles where we have to fight to say, God, I trust you. I trust you with my finances. I trust you with my marriage. I trust you with my relationships. I trust you with my work. I trust you with the ability to love somebody who right now feels unlovable. (laughs) I trust you that you work all things for my good. I trust you that you work all things for your glory. To to worship God in the small, unseen, day-to-day, monotonous moments as well as the big moments. And um, the song ends, and I'm actually, I'm going to end here. I promise I'm going to be short because I know it's hot, and we're going to be baptizing people this morning. Are you all still doing okay? Give me a wave. Okay, awesome. I want to say if you need to cool off, there's a pretty cold baptism pool over there, but uh, I don't think that would be appropriate. (laughs) But uh, the song ends off, um, and I'm going to end off with, with this beautiful picture of surrender, it's from Psalm 23. It's basically, I took it word for word from the psalm. And Psalm 23 is just this analogy of saying, of saying God, you're my shepherd, and you lead me. And whether we are on the high places or whether in the, in the valley, I know that you're with me, and that's the most important thing to me. And uh, there's this promise for those who live a life of surrender at the end of Psalm 23. This is God's promise for us when we live a life of surrender. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. What a beautiful, beautiful promise. Because when we surrender, we're giving up the little bit that we have in our hands. But... God gives us so much more than we could dream or imagine. He gives us His presence. He gives us His closeness. He gives us His peace. He gives us His joy. He gives us His hope. He gives us Himself. I had a conversation with George this week about hope, and I saw a very well-known artist kind of trying to give hope to some of her followers, but she doesn't know God, and it was just struck me again how What can you truly hope in if you don't have Christ? What true riches are there besides just knowing Jesus? 
There's nothing greater than His presence. There's no greater possession. There's no greater relationship. There's no achievement that can compare. Nothing can come close to just knowing Jesus. That's God's promise for us when we live a life of surrender. I would, I would really rather be a complete failure in the eyes of the world, but know the presence of God than have everything that the world desires, but not know His presence. And so this morning, I don't know what you're facing, and I don't know what the unbelief is that you are maybe wrestling with. I don't know what, it, what the thing is that you maybe need to come and lay on the altar. And I, even as I was just praying through this and preparing this week, God showed me more stuff that I need to come and just lay on the altar. What are those things that God is asking you to surrender again? What are those things He's asking you to, to lay down? Because He's inviting us to pray like that Father prayed, to say, God, I believe. I, it's, my faith, it's small. It's like a mustard seed. I bring you my faith. But also, I know the condition of my heart. Help my unbelief. Help me to overcome my unbelief. Isn't it amazing? There's, there's such humility in that prayer. It's, it's recognizing that even my ability to trust God, my ability to believe in God, my ability to have faith is a gift from God. Even the grace to believe is a grace. It's a gift from God. And this morning, we're not psyching ourselves up. We're saying, God, give us that grace. Give us the grace to surrender. Give us the grace to believe. And um, just lastly, I just really believe that God really wants to encourage people this morning. I believe that there's many people here who you know you're trying in your own strength. You know you're, you're just fighting this uphill battle and you know you're giving it your all. But there's a special grace that God wants you to access this morning when you come to the place of surrendering again. <laughs> Of saying, God, I believe, help my unbelief. So I'm going to pray for us. And, um, and then I'm actually going to ask the guys just to play the song so you'll hopefully hear it first time on radio. <laughs> and um, I just pray that, yeah, just close your eyes, listen to the words, or just do business with God. That thing that you know you need to lay on the altar, that surrender that you know you need to surrender before God. Let's just take a few minutes to do that while the song is playing, but I'm just going to pray first. Father, this morning we repent of our unbelief, God. We repent of every time we haven't trusted you, every time we've looked to our own strength. Jesus, nothing compares to knowing you. There's nothing greater, no greater reward, nothing sweeter, nothing we want more, more of you, Jesus, and less of us. And we pray for the grace to trust again. We pray for the grace to surrender again. May you give us, give us the, the gift of faith this morning, Lord. Help us to overcome our unbelief. Holy Spirit, you're the only one who can do this. Come and do what only you can do in our hearts and in our lives. Come and set us free, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. How many times, how many times Have I sung surrender Raising my hands, raising my voice In the heat of worship Yet I stumble When this fear comes whispering 
say that I trust, say that I trust, but I take precautions. Locking my door, locking my heart, for the fear of losing what I most love. So I'm on my knees again. I believe, help my unbelief, I will see your goodness in the land of the living. I will trust your wisdom, I will trust your love, I believe, once again I'm surrendering. Everything, everywhere is being shaken. The idols we keep, idols we serve. Every place we run to when our hearts faint and our backs are against the wall. You're calling us back, calling us in to this great Denying our flesh, losing our lives To gain a kingdom that is endless With a king who's over all Yes, I believe Help my
Thank you for listening. Remember that our sermon audio and videos are also available on Shofar TV. Go to www.shofaronline.tv to download and share.